to the Transitional Wisdom Podcast, where Nash and I discuss all things trans and queer-related from a variety of different perspectives. Today we have a very special guest we'd like to introduce. My name is Mika, and I'm 33. I live in Chicago. I am a professor. I have been teaching at the School of the Art Institute for almost two years, um, almost as long as I've been transitioning. Um... I don't know. I like to run. <laughs> uh, I have a dog. Yeah. What kind of dog? Uh, he is um, a dog. <laughs> I don't know. He's a small dog. He is a mix. He has a big, big <laughs> personality and a very little body. I love um, it. They're the best kind. Yeah. <laughs> He's like um, he's he's like a maybe a Jack Russell Terrier um, okay. mix. Cute. Um, yeah. So you mentioned your job, and so I would love to know you. Have, you said you've been transitioning for almost the same amount of time. So did you come out at work and begin transitioning at work? Sort of. Um, <clears throat> so I started transitioning in April of 2016, and at that time I was a full-time research scientist with the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab in Pasadena, California. Um, And so I did uh, come out to them and it was a very slow process. My hair was like still really short. And so I told a bunch of people and I was kind of still presenting as a man. And then I went on a two month um, field campaign to Africa (laughs) where I was um, kind of like androgynous looking, I guess. Um, and then when I came back, I like fully, um, transitioned at work and, but it was like shortly after that, that I left for Chicago. So I interviewed for the Chicago position as a boy, as Mike, I can use my dead name. I don't care actually. Um, yeah. So, um, I usually just refer to him in the third person, but, um, so I, I interviewed, (laughs) I interviewed for Chicago, this job uh, as Mike, got the job as Mike, and then shortly thereafter was like, actually, JK. Um, And they were like really, really on board. Uh, They were very supportive. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's a very progressive school. So um, at least in terms of their rhetoric, they're very on board. Obviously, there are people who work there who you know, are not as on board, but that's like everywhere. Um, so yeah. So yeah, unfortunately. Right. So I came out at both places 
I guess you could say. But I started in Chicago only as Mika. Okay. Um, so so they didn't. They only knew Mike from my interview, and that's it. So you had to you had to disclose though because you did interview as uh, as Mike, right? He, Yes. Okay. So I got the job as Mike. <laughs> okay. And did they, were there um, any issues when you did, did, you know, say that you were going to transition? Did they have any problems or it was like, you know, go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, they were, they were pretty actually excited about it. I don't know. Oh. Maybe they were like, Oh good. Not another like white male um, <laughs> or something. <laughs> understandable but, very <laughs> but i mean i was i was um openly gay at that time openly queer whatever at the time so um yeah they were they were super super on board and they've been really good throughout the process actually one of my colleagues she is um also a scientist there's only four full-time scientists at the art institute and she was instrumental in hiring me and she was like pretty jazzed that like another woman would be joining her and the oh. science staff. So yeah, awesome. because it's, yeah, it's a cool. male dominated career, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, uh, as an earth scientist, um, there are, are more women, okay. but she, she's a physicist and she actually stopped um, doing like physics research and started teaching at the art Institute because of the male domination of that field, basically. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So how did it she felt really? Yeah. Yeah. How did it feel for you to like go from, you know, being one of many men to then being a female in the same type of environment? So, yeah, it's definitely been interesting because <clears throat> uh, I do think like at times I've gone to conferences and things and I do think I'm taken less seriously. Um, and maybe part of that is, is a gender thing. Part of that could be that I teach at an art school. So they're like, Oh, she's not a real scientist, but, um, it could be like a combination of both, honestly. Um, but I do think like there is, um, there definitely was a detectable, like, like change. I actually joked about it cause I was at a conference in, um, uh, December this past December. And, uh, there's so few women scientists that the women's room is like empty oh <laughs> at these God. conferences. The and I was like, well, it's very luxurious to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Anyway, that's unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I that know. Like no lines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a, that's a sign though. Right. Like that tells you. Right. There's not enough. Yeah. Women. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. Cause there's a, yeah, there's a line at every other women's room. So. Right. Yeah. At these conferences, do you ever, at the conferences, do you ever run into people you knew from like previous when you worked at NASA or even, you know, when you lived out in California or that didn't know yeah. you pre-transition and how do you like, how do you navigate that? So, um, yeah, that's a good question. Actually. I do definitely run into people. Um, this past December was really interesting. I think because, um, as you all well know, like physical transition is a pretty slow process. And so, um, I don't think it really started to like pick up steam and that I didn't really like look like, like a passable woman or whatever, however you want to say that, um, until, till like this past conference. And a lot of people I would say hi to, and they'd be like, 
oh, my Mike. And like some people call me Mike. So and I was, it's fine. Um, <laughs> and so it was a lot of like explaining. Um, I think scientists tend to be like pretty, pretty like good, delicate about like the questions that they ask, you know, but obviously there's always like awkward questions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, absolutely. Does, do you think yeah, but I, the nature of the field that they're, that they're more delicate? Cause that's, when you said that, I was surprised. Yeah, I think it could just be because uh, climate scientists are kind of like this blend of like, they are like really nerdy, sort of like socially awkward science people. But then they're also like sort of like tree hugging, hippie, like, um, you know, like a little bit less than let's say like physicists or something. Yeah. I think earth scientists and climate scientists tend to be a little bit more um, aware is okay. that the right word okay yeah. <laughs> of like the world of like things and stuff like that so I've actually gotten like I've never felt uncomfortable in a work setting actually that's it's it's actually kind of a blessing but um yeah people in science the science world and especially at my job my teaching job are really open to it yeah totally just have a lot of questions but everyone has a lot of questions yeah are you, is that something that you're comfortable with typically? Like, do you have a problem with strangers or colleagues asking you those types of things? I mean, obviously there's a limit on, sure. you know, what kind of questions are acceptable. Um, but I've never been asked by like a science colleague, like, what's up with your genitals? But, um, you know, like mm. I, I think people are just generally like curious about what it means to be trans I think you know like I had a friend colleague who was like wow you just look like a woman now and I was like I mean that's kind of the point but (laughs) (laughs) um you know sort of the point um but yeah I, I think people are are generally like like pretty Understanding, pretty like, uh, what's the word, word I'm looking for here? Sensitive, Sensitive. to it, okay. obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I definitely like to believe, you know, most people, I, I try to remind myself, it's probably one of the first or very few times they've ever encountered mm-hmm. someone who is trans. And maybe they don't have the best wording, but hopefully their intention behind it is is what matters. Yeah, I, I mean, like a, a perfect ex- <laughs> no, same, same. And like a perfect example is like I'm 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 running the Chicago Marathon with this great um, charity organization, um, the AIDS Foundation of Chicago. It's like uh, I'm running for the team, team to end AIDS, basically. Um, and they're all amazing and all very queer, which is why I signed up to do it with them. And it's like, I'm, I'm a runner. I've always been a runner and something that I'm really passionate about, but I was like filling out a form with them and in the gender, like drop down, it was like male, female, transgender and non-binary. And I sent like an email and I wrote like a Facebook comment actually, this was just a couple hours ago. Uh, and I was like, so just FYI, like transgender is an adjective. It's not, <laughs> I'm not a transgender. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so and they were really, they were really understanding, but like, you know, even a group of like queer people, mostly gay men and like queer identified women, like still need some of this, like, you know, learning, mm-hmm. I guess. Cause for many of them, they're like, you know, they're like, I've heard of trans people, but I've never like 
interacted with one, like been friends with one in the flesh, mm-hmm. which is so surprising for like a group of queer people in Chicago. In Chicago, you know? but it, yeah. it, it happens. It happens. Yeah, I and always. So I don't. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Don't. No, 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 it's okay. I was going to say, I always, yeah, what you're saying really resonates with me because I always try to think of the same thing. You know, when I first was exploring my, you know, gender and, and figuring that all out, the questions that I asked other trans people that I were trying, I was trying to learn from, you know, they're the same questions that non-trans people ask trans people. And so yeah. I tried to remember that and and give more credit of just like, they're just trying to learn you know, again, what mm-hmm. C said, the intention is really important. You know, there's mm-hmm. a difference between somebody being a jerk and trying to learn and somebody who's genuinely interested and in trying to be supportive. But um, yeah. I do think like, you know, like how you did, I love the way that you handled it because that's so important. You could have just, you could have been angry. You could have lashed out. You could have ignored it and done nothing, but you chose to explain why that was not correct. And now those people get to walk away from that experience with, more knowledge of how to do this better next time and not like, mm-hmm. wow, that, that person was so rude about this and you know, whatever, whatever attitude they might come away with it from. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was, mm-hmm. I like, I like hearing stuff like this <laughs> because we have, to start, yeah, we have uh, to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I know that like me as a, as a white person, as a, as a, uh, I've had a lot of professional success. I do have like the agency to like put myself a little bit more out there as like a, an educator. Cause I recognize that some people like, they just don't have that like personal safety or that personal agency to like do that. But as like, as a white woman who has a, you know, full-time job and a contract and everything, like I have a little bit more agency to like be the, that sort of like person that's kind of like everyone's teacher. I don't know if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I just have yeah, the agency. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. 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 Cause I think that there's, you know, there's a, a lot of people, you know, especially trans women of color who are solely focused on exactly in the day to day. And are they going to have a job, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, just everything else that goes into that. Yeah. So maybe they can't take the two minutes out of their day to you know write a comment or something because they just don't have the the mental capacity or not mental but mm-hmm. emotional capacity or really have any room for that in their yeah. real life yeah nor that should sh- they that would be so minor. nor should they have to do that you know like no one should really have to exactly. do this um exactly. it's a choice that i've made i I've, I've lived my transition like extremely openly like basically you can scroll through my facebook and like see the evolution and i, I that was really important for me because i really wanted people to see that like trans people are not Caitlyn Jenner. We don't just wake up with like the correct size breasts and a perfect face and passable Mm -hmm. hairline. Like Mm -hmm. that just doesn't happen. That's Mm -hmm. not how it is for most people. I think that's so important that you just brought that to light because it's something that I've thought of, but I never had, I never really put it into words that way. And that's really, yeah. Like it's something my, you know, my father didn't really understand the process either of how long it would take for things to actually look different or be different in that way. And I think mm-hmm. part of it was stuff like, you know, with Caitlyn Jenner, like he saw how one day she announced that she was transitioning and then it was like, you know, within a couple of weeks a or month. something. <laughs> the next Yeah, a month. Yeah. Like she's a totally yeah. different human, like appearance wise, which is great, but that's not how it works for ninety nine percent of the people. Um, <laughs> yes. it is very slow. And also, I mean, she she had also been transitioning, but like living still as a man. And so it wasn't as detectable. People were just like, oh, she's starting to look 
weird or whatever. Yeah, you know what I mean? Different. Quote unquote yeah. mm-hmm. different. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. I think that's then, like it's been been an important exercise. Yeah. For me. Yeah, because we go through these awkward phases too while we're transitioning of not being, not necessarily being either gender or, you know, not really fitting in either way. And people are a little confused on what's happening. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's important to remember that everyone goes through that pretty much. You know, it's kind of everyone's Ugh. path is to yeah. have that stage. That's my entire existence, Nash. <laughs> that was my first two, my first two years, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. I mean, and going from like uh, man, presenting as a gay man to presenting mm-hmm. as a trans woman, I was like, oh, it should be fairly straightforward. It's not. Yeah. You have no idea how to dress for like a year. Um, you're growing your hair out. There's a whole like, like social aspect to that um it's 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 actually like crazy i was actually just going through um my old jewelry because i don't wear jewelry anymore but i wore jewelry a lot the first year i was transitioning because i was like i need something that like makes Mm -hmm. me look like a woman and i was looking back and i was like god some of this jewelry is tragic like why (laughs) did i buy this (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah but that's what happens like you make a lot of maybe more of like a statement and like like claiming your space and like yeah. Yeah. I, I totally understand that. And I think it's it's funny to look back on those things and, and think about what we did to try to make things uh, outwardly look how we felt inwardly. Because it's something I, I yeah. reflect on often, uh, mm-hmm. how, the ways I did that. And my ways were the kind of same with clothes or I used like shoes a lot to sort of <laughs> utilize a way of being more masculine, I think. To me, shoes were very masculine. I don't know why. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> What'd you say? I said, okay, I have a lot of shoes and none of them are masculine, but yeah, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Like some of them yeah. Are, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like a, a Nike's, you know, Jordan, a holic, like mm-hmm. I had all the Jordans mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> that was me trying to <laughs> make it work. I think. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but um, with what you were saying about the hormones and stuff. So you know, I know I've experienced and I know more of the trans masculine experience tends to be um, there's usually a tremendous like weight gain at some point throughout the throughout the transition. What what is that like for women? Do you have a weight gain period? Do you have a weight loss period? Or is there nothing like that? Um, um I think like, yeah, it's that I don't know if it's like a weight gain, or if it's a weight change like everything moves around um I mean I think I did gain gain a couple pounds but more noticeably um I got much softer looking if that makes sense um so for a while I was like oh my god I'm so fat but it was um really just like a perception thing um Mm -hmm. seeing your body look differently and so uh that's definitely a thing. I think also just like going through puberty, like you get hungry and you want to eat. And like mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're going through puberty and you're 14, you don't, don't necessarily keep all that weight on. But when you're going through puberty when you're 33, probably yeah. shouldn't have all that cake. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like my body was like growing things. And so... Um, yeah, I, I gained a little bit of weight. I've lost a little bit of weight. It's definitely different. There's definitely like, um, 
it's it's so hard to untangle like what's what like i'm i'm also slowly getting older like into my mid-30s now so maybe some of that weight gain is just like inevitable um but i I think the most noticeable thing was definitely like getting softer like i as a as a boy i had like the v um Mm. like the the ab v and now it's like not (laughs) not there it's gone sad Yeah. And like right before right before I transitioned, I um kind of had this like macho phase where I was weightlifting a lot. Um I think that's like happens a lot to to trans women that I've talked to. Um and I was like pretty buff and I lost okay. a lot of that. But every time every now and then I'll go to the gym with like some friends and um they'll be like trying to lift weights and I'm like, no, no, you're doing it wrong. I was a, I lifted weights for like a year. Um, and then I'll try to do it and I'm like, oh, I can't actually do how much weight I used to lift, but I can show you how the proper technique is. Perfect. (laughs) Oh, um, one thing I wanted to ask, because, so you've been a runner for a long time. Mm -hmm. I take it because some of, some of the miles that I see you run, I'm just like one day maybe, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, did, how did, you know, starting estrogen and everything else, how did that affect your running? Did you find anything different when you started going out on these five K's or anything like that? Was there yeah, you know, absolutely. an adjustment period? That's a great question to ask a scientist. Um, so I have a spreadsheet of all of my, um, times since I started. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I've, I've slowed down. Um, so I was like, I'm a, I consider myself to be like a competitive runner. I'm not, I'm definitely not like an elite runner, but like I'm competitive and, uh, fairly fast as far as like the general population goes, not to like sound like I'm bragging or anything, but, um, so, so for my, for my like pace, it's very specific, right? Like it's, it's, it's not something that's like, has a big range. Like it's, it was always like fairly specific, like between like a tra- an average training run would it be like between like seven or eight minutes per mile let's say um okay. mm-hmm. and yeah over time like it definitely like took some like there were some some hills some rolling hills towards my pace now but I think I've kind of leveled out for like an average training run at like eight thirty. so maybe like a half of a minute to a full minute slower per mile, um, at like the same approximate effort. And that definitely took like, Mm. um, a lot of mental (laughs) gymnastics to accept that actually, because as a competitive runner, I was like, no, I'm getting slower. But actually, if you look at, um, sort of my times as a boy and my times as a girl, I fall within similar percentiles actually of runners. Mm, Okay. So it's not that I like, it's not that I became like, uh, yeah, actually this is probably a good opportunity to say this. I think a lot of people think that trans women inherently have an advantage in athletics. I don't think it's true just based on lived experience. Like I think I basically went from being like a pretty good runner as a boy to a pretty good runner as a girl. But if you were to compare my girl times to my boy times, I would be like middle of the pack boy. So I've definitely slowed down. And I think that's, that's that makes pretty sense. common. Um, yeah. It's, I, th- yeah, I'm not like a super fast, like girl runner that it's, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm still fast, but I'm not like this, like superhuman, like fast runner. And I think there's, um, 
shoot, I'm forgetting her last name, but there's a there's a pretty well known trans woman runner, Amelia something. She was on the cover of Runner Runners. Did I fr- did I freeze or can you hear me? I can I can hear both of you. Oh, she's back. Okay, I, I'm sorry because you cut out. I can't remember where you were. I know you're talking about running. Do you know? I was like probably rambling. Yeah, we can sh- we can move on. Okay, so talk to. Okay, can you are you comfortable talking about um, your partner and your dating life? Sure. Yeah. It's something that yeah nothing crazy um like something that you know I think that we. <sighs> it's important that we talk about in general as a community is like navigating dating and how that, you know, how people can do that in a safe way. Um, but, you know, also still like live their lives in, you know, quote normally, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I think that, I think that becomes really difficult. So you, I know that you're, you know, you're, you are in a relationship. Um, and I know, you know, from Instagram that you guys just moved in together. So what can you share about your experience with finding this partner or, you know, just in general, how has dating gone for you? What, what's different now versus when you were male identifying and gay identified and dating men or, or whoever you, you know, whoever you dated at that time, uh, you know, t- tell us some about that. Uh, yeah. So we, um, we actually met through a dating app. Um, and we dated a bit when I lived in LA and then when I moved to Chicago, uh, we did long distance for a year and a half, wow. which was wow. really long. <laughs> How long were you dating while you were both? Literally there? like two months. Wow. Good for you. Guys. Yeah. So, wow. but I, he is um, also trans identified and he's a trans man. And um, our connection is just really special. Like when we first met, I could just, I could tell like it was really special really beautiful he's like one of the most caring like people i've ever met he makes me feel pretty even when i don't feel pretty like that sort of thing so i was like this is gonna work and we're gonna make it work (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah so i think in terms of your question about dating as a trans woman i think i kind of lucked out um (laughs) i think a lot of trans women have a really hard time because there obviously are not, you know, you're every single trans woman is not going to find another trans man to date and who they have a connection with, who they find attractive, that sort of thing. Um, so I think a lot of trans women end up dating cis men. Um, and I think there is an inherent um, power, uh, what's the word, like um, disadvantage maybe, um, that... Okay. A lot of trans women have maybe never felt. Um, I think a lot of cis men are socialized in such a way that they, um, you know, they view relationships as sort of like man is the more dominant and whatever. And I think for a lot of trans women transitioning from, you know, a male experience to living as a woman, that can be shocking. Uh, It can be a, it can be a culture change. I think it could be a wake up call. Um, so I'm glad I didn't, don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be yeah, honest. That's, I'm sure it makes, the, <laughs> makes it a little yeah, easier. Yeah, it makes it a lot um, easier. What, are there any challenges that you feel that you, that you both, uh, have to, that you both face as a trans couple? Like, are there things that stick out to you? I mean, I guess in LA, maybe it's not as... Or in Chicago. Yeah, I, I think like... Yeah, or in Chicago, 
Um, I, yeah, I don't know that there are um, challenges like, well, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of the challenges are, are, are internal, like me just like feeling ugly, me wondering why like he would want to date me when he could, you know, date anyone else. But that's just like me, my own like sort of internal like dialogue constantly like yeah, i think that's totally typical too for you know a for majority of people yeah. everyone <laughs> yeah yeah like, myself not included say, yeah yeah like you're not you're not alone like i think that's very you know yeah um, what, what a lot of us go through i think so not yeah thing. not so much trans stuff as in right. maybe typical mm-hmm. relationship or yeah. self-worth yeah. but i do yeah. but i do think there's like an an, an awesome thing that we have a shared experience like both having transitioned and I think like that's uh incre- been incredibly um nice it's been incredibly helpful yeah. uh for me like maybe not having to really explain yeah mm-hmm. yourself at like such a base level maybe yes we don't have we never had to have basic conversations about what being trans means yeah. you know what cis and trans is <laughs> and stuff like that yeah oh. yeah <laughs> God, that must feel so good. It's, it's nice. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but on top on yeah. top of all of that, like I also just really love him. Like he's an incredible mm-hmm. human. He's like a caring person. He's really like selfless. Yeah. Like that, you know, he's a he's a great partner. Um, on top of all of that. I think the takeaway, at least from what I hear, the takeaway is that like there's, you know, trans couples are no different than any other couple. And I think that's like really important that a lot of people don't necessarily realize. Um you know, that it's just, yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Thing. It sounds about there's challenges. There's unique challenges for both cup for both types of mm-hmm. couples. Um, and it's more of like, you're saying just understanding and, and your willingness to work together through it. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that's what, that's what I'm hearing. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that the big takeaway, right. Is that, uh, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, love is love. And it, mm-hmm. the challenges of a relationship are not, uh, necessarily always about being trans you're good okay so mika what where do you want to pick up from here what were we saying because i feel like i was about to say something profound I know, you were about to say something profound and they cut out right at that moment and then c and i were like are you kidding we want to hear this so badly <laughs> what was i talking you about were, even you were talking about oh we were talking about oh okay we were talking about with uh couples and you were saying that like you were reiterating what I said, the important takeaway was that cis couples and trans couples are similar. And then you were go, you were about to say something from there. Dang. It's just going to have to be gone forever. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I might have caught some of it. Yeah. So hopefully with dating, did you, before you had met your current uh, partner, were you out dating other people? Were you trying to like date actively or was it more of a hands-off like type of thing? Um, no, I actually had a, I have an ex-boyfriend who I had been dating for five years. Um, he's gay, um, was incredibly supportive, um, was a great person, but it just started to, uh, drift for various reasons. I mean, we had been together for five years. Mm -hmm. Like he met a boy, he was into boys. Okay. I'm not a boy any. Uh, more and so um it was very amicable the way that we like um parted ways we had as gwyneth paltrow would call a conscious uncoupling (laughs) um 
Oh my god, so good. Like, we just became friends, and um, that was that. It was uh, obviously, like, you know, as with anyone, like, dynamics of relationships change and stuff. But, um, yeah, he's a great person, and just, you know, he's gay and deserves a date, like, a gay man. Um, Yeah. I think I think it's in, always you know interesting with identities like how that stuff can make or break you know not even it's not even the label it's more of just you know what somebody is I don't know I don't know the right yeah word. yeah I mean he was always very supportive he was always like he was always like this doesn't change anything but like it did inevitably mm-hmm. um, not through either of our faults it just right it natural just yeah happened yeah and I think but yeah. I think that that's you know that. Like, who's to say that wouldn't have happened if you didn't transition, you know? Like, exactly. Me, exactly. With exactly. you saying how supportive he was, to me, I'm, you know, I don't feel that that necessarily meant that it was because of your transition. So that's like, that's right. comforting. I yeah, think. absolutely. Uh, right? Yeah. Like, to just know that. I mean, and it's great that mm-hmm. you were able to navigate that type of relationship, too, because I know, like, that. that's yeah. what I went through. I was dating my partner before I transitioned, and then we're, you know, now we're married. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the same yeah. type of thing. You have to navigate that. Like, she went, she went from having a female partner to now mm-hmm. having a male partner and um you know i think it's just always an interesting thing to try to figure out how to make it work but um mm-hmm. it's nice when people are so supportive <laughs> it's really nice when people are supportive i think it, it was really helpful in the early days yeah. of my transition that you know i had um someone to kind of like lift me up when i was feeling really Absolutely. sad um like the first you know i'm sure you well, if both of you are on hormones or have taken hormones, um, that first week is like, I just cried the mm-hmm. whole week. Um, I was like, I'm making a mistake. And, da, da, da. and I think a lot of it was just like emotions and hormones mm-hmm. and like brain chemistry changing. Um, and so it's nice to have someone there to be like, you're fine. Yeah. Like, this is going to be okay. This is a decision that you made. Like, blah, blah. Yeah. Because so. we can we can try to internally like use our own dialogue to make ourselves to comfort ourselves with those situations. But I think it's different with when it comes to like the hormones where a lot of the times, like it's not really in your control. You know, some of this stuff is very out of our control. Um, And the internal dialogue is something you're not used to because like estrogen has given me a whole new internal dialogue. That's a great way of explaining it. Definitely. And a range of emotions. I mean, my emotions are the same, but my, the manifestation of them, I think is like very, very different. Can you share more about that? Because like with my experience, I went from having, you know, like this colorful, colorful range of emotions as a female identified person to now I really struggle to sometimes identify what I'm feeling. So since you mentioned that, I'm curious what, you know, can you tell me more about what, what, what you go through? I mean, I think it's just like the way that I describe it to people is I have the same emotions. They're just, okay. um, in bright neon colors okay. now. Um, and they often don't go away unless there's some sort of like climactic moment which is usually a cry Mm. yes Mm -hmm. um and then there it's like oh it's there's clarity right but it feels like um now when i have an when i have emotion or something causes something i have to kind of like ride the wave all the way till it's Mm. over (laughs) okay um 
I have to take that neon uh, yellow wave and like run it until I either cry or like laugh like uncontrollably or so you know something sort of like ha- like the emotions are just like um, in like bright colors yeah. now. You have to have some sort of release. they're the same emotions yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. My and they're amplified. They're amplified. Um, the day or two before my shot because I do shots. Okay. And the day or two before I have my shot, I'm just like, okay. It's how did? Is there anything that you do to help yourself like stay more grounded with that, or you know, obviously you're aware yeah, that it a, happens. So. I have a therapist. Okay. <laughs> And we meet on Tuesdays, and my shots are on Wednesday. Oh, so, so smart. scheduling. That's, That's good. Good scheduling. <laughs> it's yeah. very critical. But that's good self care. But that is absolutely. Yeah, that is that's very deliberate. That's very deliberate. Um, we talked about it, and we were like, he's like, okay, it seems like Mika yeah. that your shot is kind of important in determining like what your emotional range is going to be. So why don't we meet on the day mm-hmm. before your shot? So, um. Yeah, that's that's a good. Thing. That's really cool. It's like so a, a, a kind of like a prep for the the upcoming week as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's like a nice buffer. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a nice buffer. Yeah, I my shots are two weeks spaced okay, apart, okay. so it's like um, the first weekend after my shot is always like great. Like this weekend, so I did my shot two days ago, and so this weekend's gonna be excellent. <laughs> okay. um, especially because it's like 90 degrees here in Chicago. Ooh, Finally, yeah. everything's green. Um, things are happening. Summer is here. So. The snow is finally gone. Yeah. <laughs> the snow is finally gone. Yeah. Yeah. to like the trans femme experience versus what you may know about like the trans masculine experience um aside from the emotions i guess um i think uh let's see i think obviously there are like a lot of differences and many of them um might just be like um uh just like how women and men are perceived by the world they have not necessarily to do with like the trans experience specifically. Um, but let's see, maybe like, um, I think in my experience anyway, I think, uh, if a passing is your goal, if some sort of passing is your goal, um, I think as like a trans woman, it is, it's harder or maybe not harder, but it's, it's hard. Um, and I think for trans men who, who do take, um, testosterone and are fortunate enough to have like their voices drop, I think, um, one thing that I struggle with is that I still have a low voice and I thought about, do I, do I raise it? Do I try and work on it? And, um, I always come down on the side of like, I'd like to keep my voice because I like that it gives me some sense of like this visible queerness, mm, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and, but I do think that makes it a little bit more difficult because I think that um, people can see me and they'll see that I look like a woman, but they'll hear me talk and they'll say he pronouns and none of it really makes sense because I'm like, what are you looking right. at? You know, and it's, I know it's because of my voice. And so there is that, I think that negotiating that like 
um, that area is has been tricky. I think like obviously on top of that, right? Like women are just treated like um, kind of bad by society, and so so uh, you know going from someone of immense privilege, like a white man, to a queer trans woman. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a loss of privilege and there is like that it's perceptible and <clears throat> I don't know how it works in the other direction, but I imagine like there's some privilege gained by becoming a, uh, passable man or a, somebody that society views as a masculine identity. I'd yeah. say absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. There is a loss of privilege. And while it's not like for me debilitating or any of that, it's, it is like, it's funny, right? Because, um, having lived 30 years as a quote unquote man, um, like there are certain things I do, right? Like I don't move on the sidewalk to like get out of okay. the way if like a man is walking at me. <laughs> just okay. inherently, it's just not something right. I do. Um, but all of my friends are like, wow, you're so ballsy, like, for, like, not moving for him. And I'm like, honestly, it's, like, not something that I think about because I would never move for that person anyway. Right. Um, or, like, you know, like, I have some cis women friends who, you know, they'll, like, they'll move or they'll, they'll um, you know, there's lots of things like that. Like, uh, sitting on the subway, right? Like, if I just think that I have, like, more agency having, like, um, lived as a man yeah. that um that uh some cis women might not have and so perceiving the the other side of that coin is like really fascinating sometimes i also think like um you know society places like a pretty high bar to clear for women to be like acceptable so like i have a very difficult time like leaving my house without some eye makeup Mm -hmm. on um and uh you know, it's like stuff like that, I guess, that's just like, you know, I ha- I have to put mascara on for my eyelashes to look like normal, quote unquote normal. But it's like, actually, that's just like, you know, something that society has like told us, like women's eyelashes right. have to look like. Um, that, that sort of thing. So I, I think like going the other direction, it might be like maybe liberating in a different way to like not have to wear a mascara. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Um, there, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely things that, like, I think are similar but different. Like how you're saying, you know, you get treated differently now as being perceived female or being seen as female versus before. And, you know, I think that I know I've had similar experiences with the other way around, the way that men engage with me before versus now or the way that cis women uh, engage with me now and you know versus before or anything so i think it's definitely there's something to it (laughs) you know there's definitely Mm -hmm. there's definitely something that you know happens when you start being uh perceived in the identity that you're trying to portray or you know whatever whatever however you want to say it yeah i i almost feel like it's almost like a like a baseline of like respect in a way that like cis men automatically have for other like cis males or some sort of like they're kind of already on the level playing field in a way like because I mean I notice I I go to the same gas station you know before work you know every day or every other day and uh I get buddied and hey man and what's up what's up my brother and that that kind of stuff like whenever I go in and stuff and I was like 
that never happened like huh you know eight months ago prior to even i like and i i don't i don't you know quote unquote pass and i mean that's obviously i mean it hasn't been one of my goals um and i think i'm still Mm -hmm. you know read as female the majority of the time the only thing that throws people off is when they see dark hairs and and since that you know that was the first time he read me like that that's how he greets me like every time and it's just like (laughs) but you never talked to me before like it it was just like I've never had any like as you know female presenting quote-unquote never really had those experiences with like male cashiers and stuff so it's a very it's a very weird world for me to be in because I never really kept company with cis males besides unless they were like family members or stuff like that so I'm like, that's, yeah. that's foreign to me. I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, so in that, uh, uh, like in that vein, I never really kept a lot of company with like cis mm-hmm. women, uh, before. Um, and so being in the, the world now as a woman, like it's, it's similar, right? Like, uh, especially cis women who are like, um, you know, not conservative mm-hmm. assholes or whatever, um, which is a lot of people in Chicago. Like one thing that really threw me off is that women talk so much in the bathroom. Oh. And I feel like men don't talk in the bathroom. Yeah. I don't talk in the bathroom. I never talked in the bathroom, but I go in the bathroom and like, sometimes I go with a friend or something. And I'm like, first of all, why am I going to that? <laughs> Second of all, why are you still talking? I just want to pee. I don't want to talk. And like a lot of people talk and they hang oh, out in the show. bathroom. Yeah. There's like a it's whole a social event. <laughs> culture of bathrooms that is very different. It's very different worlds to navigate. Which like on, so on the flip side, I was obviously used to the talking in the bathroom. And then now I go to the restroom and like, if there's other men in it, I don't know what to do because I'm like, do I say hi? Do I just go pee? No, don't say, <laughs> hi. Don't say hi. They'll think. I don't. But this mm-hmm. one time somebody was like standing in the way and or something. And I said, excuse me. And the look that he gave me, you would have thought that I like threatened him or something. <laughs> like he was just like. Yeah, because he probably thought you were gay, honestly. <laughs> like, that's amazing. There's, that's a real, yeah. that's real. Yeah, and if I don't say hi in the bathroom, yeah. it's the exact same yeah. thing. And I I'll try to avoid talking in the bathroom because of my voice. I don't want someone who's like in a stall sure. to hear the voice and be like, why is there a fucking man in here? Um, or whatever, you know what I mean? So that's frightening. Sorry. Yeah. I, I turned my video off. I mean, frightening um, for you, not frightening for the person. Like, I, I, I feel like that's. Yeah. Is that something that bothers you? Or it's like. That's never happened to me before okay. where someone has. Okay, done good. But that's always yeah. a fear. That's always a fear More like of a mine. safety precaution. That. Yeah. <clears throat> and I've like tried to. Um, I, I, I've like occasionally practiced like softening my voice for situations like that where if I have to say like, a couple of words, I can say it a little bit like higher and more feminine sounding so that, you know, it's not like. Sometimes I'll do that too if I'm having like a very brief interaction, like with someone at a coffee shop or something, so that that way they don't say like, "Okay, thank you, sir," oh. and it's like, "I have cleavage." Like, what are you looking <laughs> at? But whatever. Yeah, I hear that. Has it, I obviously did the it, exact I mean, opposite. Just a random. Has it ever happened where people have addressed you, you know, she, her, and then you speak, and then they immediately switch their pronouns like that, even though they're looking right at you and they've already correctly gendered you yeah <laughs> wow that happens a lot uh, wow <laughs> so the oh, hobby, if it happens mostly like oh it's it's 
it's fine. Honestly, like, um, it happens most of the time, like, if I'm standing in line or something, because I think visually, um, I, uh, pass is maybe a bad word, but I think visually people get it. Like, okay, if, if they don't think that I'm, like, a cis woman, they at least think, like, well, they're trying to be a woman, mm-hmm. so I get it. Um, <laughs> but... I, a lot of times would be like, uh, can I help you, ma'am? And then if it's a prolonged, you know, interaction, they have to ask someone else something, then they'll be like, yeah, he's looking for it. I'm like, he literally called me, ma'am, like <sighs> a minute ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that has happened. It happens quite frequently, actually. Like I was just like, it's just random things too. Like I was getting falafel and the woman was addressing me the right way and saying she, and then her like husband maybe or whoever was working with her kept saying he and I was like how is there this like they're looking at the same person and talking to the same person how is there such a disconnect you know I'm I'm very fascinated by like our perception of gender and like because I always tell my friends that you know I I always talk about this I have this discourse with my friends where I'm like it's it's one thing um the world doesn't get trans people and stuff right and they the straight, the cis straight world has made all these rules for like what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man. And like the funny thing, or maybe not funny is not the right word, but the thing is, is like, honestly, I'm following like all the fucking rules they made. You know what I mean? Like I, I grew my hair out. I wear women's clothes. I think I, I think I look like what most people would consider like a white woman to look like. And yeah, I'm still breaking the rules because I don't have the right voice. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you have to pass all the rules. And then some, for them to even, like, it, it, it's amazing, like, I don't know if, I, if that described you yeah, exactly. yeah, but it's like, I actually am following all I have friends who are, who are non-binary, and, um, you know, for them, it's like, I don't even know how to navigate the world, because at least I, I do identify, like, in a kind of a binary way, and so I, I have, there is a clear set of rules, like, what it means to be men, and, and while they're all really fucked up, <laughs> I can at least do them on the day-to-day so that I'm, I don't face, like, immense violence, but for someone who's non-binary, like, they're not following any of those rules necessarily, right, um, on purpose, and um, I, I imagine that it's very difficult to navigate the world that way, but... That's just, I don't have the non-binary experience. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's just, I, it's difficult to the point where I just, I don't really like navigate the real world with my identity. Like I don't, I don't bring my identity. Like if somebody says something to me in public or at my job, like I'm not quote unquote, like out at my job. If somebody asks and then I definitely tell and I live a very open life, I just, don't feel the need to explain myself a hundred times a day to complete strangers is kind of my thing. Nor do I have like the, the emotional capacity right now to even be able to like handle that or want to in a way. It feels like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've told Nash this before. It's just like a continuous outing and explanation of yourself over and over and over again. And no no matter how many people you Mm -hmm. tell, there's always a hundred more behind them that have to, have to hear it as well yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's a it's a little bit different for me like in regards to my job because technically i i have a, like a, a government job in in illinois I, be, I believe it's federal employees federal trans employees are protected but state level trans employees gender is not considered a protected uh classification so 
that's technically why I just don't say anything at work. Not that I think it would ever be. It's just, it's more of a safety thing on my yeah. end as well. Mm-hmm. And who really needs to know? <laughs> if I'm not so trying to, to be your friend or I'm not trying to sleep with you, like, yeah. <laughs> it's really none of your yeah. business. <laughs> just treat I, me with so respect. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, why do you need to know? It's not. It's not necessary to make you be nice or not nice or yeah you know? <laughs> and, and that's why I'm so lenient like with pronouns and everything like I, I like mm-hmm. I call them preferred pronouns because for me they are preferred like I prefer they them you can call me she her he him it doesn't matter it's it's the respect and just treat mm-hmm. me like a fucking human is is all I ask mm-hmm. yeah definitely what kind of things do uh, people in your life do that help to to support you or like validate your identity um like in ways that you appreciate and stuff i have really wonderful friends who um you know always support me and listen i think the biggest thing is listening um like listen when you know a good example is like most of my friends uh are gay men it's just you know, that's just who I connected mm-hmm. with in the past. And that's like who I know how to socialize with. And so that's just, I have a lot of friends who are, who are gay men or queer men, whatever. Um, and, you know, I was at uh, one of their houses and I, we were watching um, like a screening of the movie BPM. I don't know if y'all have heard of it. No. Uh, and they posted like an Instagram story um, thing. And it was like a picture of the room or whatever. And they had like, uh, my friend, he, David, had like, you know, uh, all of us over were kind of like, we're kind of like a group of queers. And then he, one of his straight friends who was like a cis woman. And so he wrote like, um, all the gays and her name are watching this movie. And I was like, just so you know, like, it's a little bit invalidating. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, I know we're all kind of like friends and we're all in this group and it's okay for you to call us the gays and I love it. I can like be considered like one of the gays and then you still use the right pronouns and are still right. very validating. But that's a little bit like, just watch like your, you know, your, your words about that. And he was like, so understanding. It was like, you know, it's just like, I'm sorry. Like that's something that totally like, you know, slips my mind and blah, blah. So um, I have great friends who are, who are always listening. Um, and then uh, Quentin my partner, um, is so wonderful. He, um, he used to work at Ross, uh, the clothing store and would often like buy me, um, random women's clothes, Aww. like, um, sports bras or whatever. And he was like, it just was really important for me in, in, in my transition when people like validate my identity with like buy me men's clothes. Oh and so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is so sweet. Yeah. So so he would he would buy me like you know like a sports bra or like a, a t-shirt or a tank top or something and jewelry and like i thought that was really cute i think so that was like re- really nice like i don't think you know i don't think people I, I, I love that he he did that i don't think that you know many times people realize how meaningful those little things are like a sports bra oh my god i can imagine that was such a nice feeling like yeah, uh, you yeah. know, I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to tell you. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you know it's such a like. Well, it's definitely a nice feeling because it hurts to run without a smart so. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Not the most comfortable but thing. The same. Yeah, but those little. Not things, the most comfortable. You know, it's those little gestures that, like, I think, always mean the most. You know. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, and I, you know, all of my friends are very lovely. And it's funny, you know, sometimes um, I'm getting misgendered like less and less in public. But when I do, it's always like very shocking, especially because when I hang out with my friends, I don't actually even think about my gender anymore. Like I don't, it's not so pervasive. Like I am just Mika, I'm a woman to them. And that's the end of it. And like, let's go dance mm-hmm. to the music, you know, like that's... And um, so when I misgendered, like, at McDonald's, I'm just like, what? It's like, that. it makes that, like, screeching sound, you know, like, like, what just happened? Um, Because I'm surrounded by, like, so much, like, love and affirmation and queer queer people. I mean, just a little shout out to the queer scene in Chicago. It is amazing, actually. See, do you have any other questions or anything else you want to talk about? Um, I think. Or, Or Mika? Yeah, I think we covered a lot of it. Uh, no, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm just here for whatever you guys want to talk about. Also, I am starting to sweat. Oh, uh, me too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I turned my AC off because it's so loud, but it's like it's ninety degrees outside according to my thermometer. Which yes, I do have a thermometer right here. Uh, so you wouldn't be a climate I'm a, scientist, I'm a scientist without it. Right? Come on. I know, right? I know, and I am. A, I'd be concerned. I'm admiring your garden, your your little plant babies. They oh my god! Amazing. <laughs> I am so excited about my garden. Honestly, so funny. Yeah, my little plant babies, and they're finally like growing because it's warm enough mm-hmm. out. So finally, Illinois weather turned around for us. Well, first of all, thank you for finding the time to do this with us because I think it was really wonderful. Thank, thank you. you for putting up <laughs> oh with me. I know scheduling is not that easy. We're in different time. You know, I'm in a different time zone than you. You know, I know it's not that easy, but I appreciate you making the time to, you know, of course, spend with us. Of course. <laughs> um, and now I'm even more excited to meet you. Yes. Yay. Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode of the Transitional Wisdom Podcast. If you feel you would like to share your story or if there's a topic you would like us to discuss, please email us at nash at transitionalwisdom.org or visit our website at transitionalwisdom.org. Make sure to subscribe and throw us a few stars if you feel like it. And hey, thank you. Oh.